hello to another episode of Movie Bollocks and another uh, review special because um, I haven't got anybody to have as a guest at the moment. But there will be guests coming soon and more will be revealed as I go through everything I've been watching recently. Um, I've had a little bit of isolation, a little bit of recovery from illness, been trapped indoors, so watched a little watched watched a clutch of um of movies and series and wanted to go through them for you so here we go now i'm i'm going to start with something that i've uh i saw years ago that i was inspired to watch again in fact i was inspired to buy the blu-ray so i could get the the theatrical version and the director's cut which i've never seen of a fantastic movie and i was inspired by the brilliant podcast by um, friend of the show, Paul Waller, the excellent A Year in Horror. If you haven't subscribed, subscribe now. Um, and um, The Exorcist 3 was discussed in in detail. And I was like, I love that movie. I absolutely love it. Um, so um, I bought the Blu-ray, watched it again. And I mean, it's dated slightly. The effects have dated slightly. But the ability to shit you up has not dated at all a really really good movie um and i mean i was bang into this back in the day in fact when i was in a band called strange thing post acid rain we used a line from um uh, the dialogue as a sample in one of the songs yeah that's how that's how much um i like it so there you go give it a whirl if you get a chance so um it's more of a direct follow-up to the first Exodus movie, The Exodus 2, which we should, we'll just brush off because that was a complete and total waste of time. But anyway, right, let's get stuck in. And I'm going to go in with a massive release. Those of you that will want to see this will have already seen it. Um, and that is June, um, directed by my favourite director working at the moment, Denny Villeneuve, who also did um, uh, Blade Runner 2049 and Arrival. And June is awesome. I mean, visually, um, at times, there are little throwbacks to Blade Runner 2049 um, and from on, on the soundtrack as well. And I just, I, I just really, really enjoyed it. Part one flashes up right at the beginning, and um, I can't wait for part two already. It is an, it really is. In fact, I couldn't wait for part two about halfway through part one. Um, it's an, it's an expert example of world building. Um, it's, it looks fantastic. It really does. And with all Denny Villeneuve movies. It's directed for me beautifully, and for uh, the main criticism, some people will go hmm, boring. Okay, I get that. I get that. But that is because um, we are constantly fed a diet of uh, movies that are edited and directed um, in, well, in the times we live in. And Denny Villeneuve tends to be a bit of a throwback. Um, So, for instance, if you go back and watch movies like Alien now, it seems really slow, but it's building. It's building an atmosphere. It's building a world. It's introducing you to characters, and it's not in any rush to do that. It doesn't feel any pressure to um, get everything out as soon as possible. Whereas over the years, you know, directing the pacing of movies has changed, and and now 
really you're, you're not allowed to take your time you really do have to keep moving um i mean these are you know societal shifts and it, it, these things happen but denny villeneuve has ignored that and he still directs in that I'm going to tell this story and I'm going to tell it at my pace. I'm going to introduce you to these characters. I'm going to let it all just reveal itself somewhat organically as opposed to smash along at a cracking pace. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm a fan of both, but there's not many directors around who have, well, studio backing, frankly, to to do what they do the way they do it. And Denny Villeneuve is one of them. Um, and I loved June, and I cannot wait for part two. No point really going into too much detail about it. It is just has to be seen, um, and preferably seen on the big screen, which I haven't done yet, but I will be, needless to say. So, um, next up from um, on Netflix, a movie called Kate. Now, I've got to be honest, um, I mean, this stars Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Woody Harlson, um, and a female assassin has 24 hours to get vengeance on her poisoner before she dies. And um, I don't remember a massive amount about the movie. I've got to be honest. Now, I enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong. But I've got IMDb open. I'm looking at I'm looking at the images and stuff like that. And yeah, I mean, I I enjoyed it, but it's not stuck with me in any way. But hey, look, I enjoyed it, and it passed it passed a couple of hours. So there you go. Um, next up was Rushed. Now, Rushed can there, there seems to be um, different titles for this. It's called Rushed, or it's called The Frat Haze. I would imagine it's called The Frat Haze in the states and outside of the states it's not called that because it doesn't make sense anywhere else um but yeah so over here it's called rushed confusingly on imdb it's called the frat haze at the top of the page but then it shows the poster and it just has rushed on it um and it's about an irish catholic mother who has her life turned upside down when her son a freshman in college is involved in tragic in a tragic hazing incident um it's pretty darn gripping um it is it says it's kind of loosely based on on real events and um it's in, it's incredibly hard hitting there are and there is there is stuff in it where you go like oh my god really it's you know and you it's left hanging as to what's happened and um i found it really engaging it's really really well acted um and not a world obviously that i know anything about but certainly something that um, that I enjoyed watching. It's an hour and forty one minutes, and um, yeah, I, I I enjoyed it. It didn't blow me away, but I enjoyed it. Um, uh, next up is The Green Knight. That's on Amazon, um, and uh, it stars Dev Patel. And it's it's well, I've heard people saying that it's a retelling or it's a take. On the on the tale of King Arthur, obviously, you know, King Arthur was a knight. Um, well, he was a king uh, until he pulled the sword out of stone, etc. Now, the Green Knight is—it's—I mean, it's a couple of hours long. Um, I enjoyed it. I'm not sure I'd watch it again, but there is there are there are parts of it 
where I was absolutely just in awe of what was going on. I mean, it didn't make sense and I didn't know why it was happening. And at the end of two hours, there are parts of it where I was like, okay, those sections, why were they even there? And I kind of get to wondering if if, if this movie was actually supposed to be two and a half hours or three hours. Um, But even so, yeah, it's, it's honestly, it's a strange one. Because I did, I mean, I watched the whole two hours and like I said, there were times where I was amazed and there was times where I was like, I'm not really sure what's going on. And at the end of it, it was one of those where you're still left figuring it out. And maybe I will go back to it and watch it again. I I mean, I, I, you know, there's, there's probably every chance I will. Um, but um, yeah, I, and I, I'm, I, I recommend it. I'd recommend it. But again... <laughs> It's it's it is the kind of thing that I think some people would be you know turning off after an hour going what the fuck's going on whereas other people will be drawn in by it. Hey, I look your taste is your taste, isn't it? But um, yeah, I enjoyed it even if I'm still not quite sure um, about it. And um, and I wasn't aware of the whole King Arthur thing until um, until afterwards. But there you go. Anyway, next up was a rewatch, something I rewatched recently um, with a friend. They hadn't seen it, and I was like, "Wow, you're in for a treat here." Well, sort of, because it's not the kind of movie that you go, "Oh, that was a real treat," because it leaves you. Well, it leaves me every time with a sense of emptiness, with a sense of um, disbelief, anger. Um, I was going to say upset, but that's not really a, it's not really an emotion, isn't it? It, It's, it's one that really, really, um, I just find touching, I guess. And that is the movie Dead Man's Shoes. I mean, it's one of my top 10 movies of all time. Um, I'm not going to say anything about it. Well, I am. Um, but if you haven't seen it, I thoroughly recommend watching this. Uh, it's Paddy Considine, um, co-wrote it with Shane Meadows it's a Shane Meadows movie if you know who he is then you know what kind of movie it is um Paddy Considine co-wrote it he stars in it um he is absolutely terrifying in it um and it's just it's brilliantly cast it's brilliantly acted including in the cast in his best role ever ex-boxer Gary Stretch who is awesome in it I, I, I mean, it for me, it's a 10 out of 10. I just, I can't see any way that, I can't see anything wrong with this movie. I mean, I watched it, um, like I said, with somebody who hadn't watched it before, and I got something out of it that I never got out of it before, saw something, noticed something that I hadn't seen before. It, it's just, yeah, I mean, it's a proper, for me, it's a proper work of genius. It really is. So, uh Yeah. Dead Man Shoes. I've recommended that to somebody. I've recommended that to somebody else previously as well. Um, I can't, I'm trying to think who it was. I think it was DX Ferris. And uh, I said, yeah, yeah, make sure you watch it when we did the, um, you know, when we did the, uh, the the movie bollocks. And yeah, his his he messaged me and he was like, whoa, you could have warned me. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I mean, I've know I've mentioned it many many times, but I'm you know, look, I've watched it again. I'm mentioning it again. And now another British movie that couldn't be any more, any more opposite to this, including, well, it's got Paddy Considine in it. And, and that's the only connection between these movies. Um, it's called Blitz. And it's, um, yeah, it's a Jason Statham vehicle from, um, from about 10 years ago. Well, actually not about 10 years, about seven or eight years ago. Um, 
Paddy Considine is is in it. He is playing opposite Jason Statham. Paddy Considine is quite young in it. He's you know he's on his way up in his career. Statham is a bit more um, uh, you know a bit more settled, a bit more um, uh, you know known. So he's the star in it, and um, and yeah, it's 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 a perfectly satisfactory um, kind of you know cop drama. Um, yeah, get, I mean, like I said, it, it's ninety minutes. It's 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 nothing amazing. Doesn't really write the book on anything, but it's it's worth a watch. It's worth a watch if you're in the mood for that kind of thing. Okay. Um, next up was Operation Finale. Now that is on Netflix, and it's been in my list for ages. And I thought, do you know what? It's about time I watch this. About time I got round to watching this. Ben Kingsley's in it. You know, come on. Yeah, it's 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 it's, it's, it's got to be it's got to be worth watching, hasn't it? So um, uh, I finally got into it. Now, for those um, uh, who, who are unaware, for those who are unaware of this, I mean, why would you be aware of this movie unless you've seen it? Um, also, uh, op- opposite Ben Kingsley is Oscar Isaacs, and he's rapidly becoming a bit of a a bit of a fave um, of mine. And he also appears in one of my um, uh, one, another movie on here. Which do you know what I've just noticed? Um, I've left out, which is bizarre. I must have not made a note of it anyway operation finale um it's it's a it's a true story about a team of secret agents set out to track down the nazi officer um who masterminded the holocaust so there you go it's a two it's a two-hour movie about the holocaust about hunting down a war criminal a nazi war criminal um and it yeah i mean truth is stranger than fiction all the rest of it it is i really really enjoyed it what a movie what a movie um i mean i can thoroughly recommend this but it, this kind of thing is not for everyone you know I, I i get that i absolutely get that because it is it's quite harrowing um quite uh, let's face it something is either harrowing or it isn't um and yeah it is it is it is harrowing harrowing so um I don't really want to talk too much about it because there's not a lot I can say um, other than it, it's about the Holocaust. So there you go. Um, and, you know, it's very, very good. Um, and also linked to another movie I've already um, uh, mentioned, Oscar Isaacs, it's also in Dune. Mm, isn't that interesting? Well, yeah, seriously. Anyway, I'm, I'm actually on his IMDb page at the moment and I'm looking at um the movies he's done and one of them is the next one which i haven't got on my list the card counter okay one hour 50 minutes the card counter it's a paul schrader movie for those of you who know paul schrader um movies it's it's you know he's not in a rush he takes his time for me i enjoyed it i was engaged ultimately i found it a little disappointing took a little bit too long to kind of really reveal itself and where it was going um but and and that's you know one hour 50 minutes is a long time to end up disappointed when you've invested all that time in it but then again you might not be um uh, you might not be disappointed with it you might go yay that worked for me so you know go for your life now next up Finch. Um, Finch is on Netflix. It's a Tom Hanks movie um, where he stars in it with um, with a dog uh, and a robot that he builds to look after the dog for when he's not around. It's post-apocalypse. So it's just 
Tom Hanks and a dog. Then he builds this robot to uh, to effectively be a dog minder for when he's not around. And um, it's I, I I really enjoyed it. I mean, it is so so Tom Hanks. Um, it's you know Tom Hanks and a robot, and uh, and and the robot is really well done. You know, the, the, it's 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 an AI. So it, I, I what I really liked is the way its voice keeps changing all the way through the movie. When it starts out, it's very much like, "Will I do this now? Yes, I should do this now. Uh, yeah, yes, whatever you say, and stuff like that. And it's just stuff like that. It's not stuff like that, but anyway. Uh, but by the end, it's it's picking up a more human voice and the guy who's voicing it, more of his voice is coming through because it's an AI and it's learning and um, and obviously becoming more intelligent because that's what AI, artificial intelligence, stands for. I know you knew that, but I just thought I'd say it anyway. So, yeah, look, there's tons of... Um, uh, there's tons of, uh, of robot movies out there and um, uh, and this is another one, but it's but it's with Tom Hanks and ultimately... It's um, it's really cool. I re I really enjoyed it. I bought into it absolutely. You know, hook, line, and sinker. It's not the greatest movie Tom Hanks has ever made. It's not. It's for me. It's not that kind of thing where I'm going to go. Oh my god, it was amazing. It's just not my kind of movie where I'm going to go completely overboard about it. But um, I did. I enjoyed it, and I would. I'd solidly recommend it. Um, it's 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 family viewing. It's family friendly. Um, well, let's face it, a lot of Tom Hanks stuff is family friendly, um, a bit like the man himself, not that we've ever met, uh, but it's just really, really enjoyable and I, I really bought into it. It's a bit kind of like, you know, um, a Tom Hanks kind, you know, Tom Hanks with the robot sort of chappy walking around. Anyway, that's enough about um, about that. Next up is The Dark Red. Um now, I can't remember if this is on Netflix or Amazon, but it is on one of the others. Um, so, The Dark Red, I enjoyed it. Um, it is, it's one of those movies where you're not quite sure about it. The main character is a woman who is in um, uh, a mental institution. Um, she is psychotic. She is schizophrenic. And she's trying to explain to her therapist how she isn't. And um, it kind of goes through there. And you're, you're very much, the story is very much told from her point of view. Uh, you see the world through her eyes. And you have to decide whether, you know, how mad she is. Is she mad at all? What's going on? It's, it's one of them. And um, I enjoyed it. Uh, it, uh, it didn't blow me away. Um, a slightly lacklustre ending for me. But even so, I, you know, it not, not an ending that made me go, well, that was a fucking waste of time. Um, and I, well, and I haven't said that now. So, you know, check it out for yourself. See what you think. And as with all of these, let me know what you think. If you, you know, if you, if you give anything a whirl um, that, uh, that I've mentioned here, then please do just... You know, give me a shout. Also, one thing I have to say is that, um, uh, you know, I, I, I've been accused of, oh, not accused, but some people say, oh, you know, that movie you recommended or whatever. None of, you know, I'm, this isn't a list of recommendations. It's a list of movies I've watched. That's all. OK, so, um, I mean, admittedly, if I have if I have recommended it and you fucking hate it, then fair dues. Our tastes differ. Um, I mean, let's face it. Everybody's tastes differ. 
I mean, the amount of times I'll look at something on IMDb, having watched it, and then go, bloody hell, that's a bit of a harsh mark, isn't it? And if I'd seen that mark, I might not have even bothered watching it. But no, you know, everyone's opinions are different, so let's go for it. The Dark Red, yeah, it was okay. Now, next up is something that surprised me, and that is No Time to Die, the new James Bond. Um, My all-time favourite James Bond movie is Casino Royale with Daniel Craig. Fucking loved it. I love the way that they they brought it back from the brink of the almost comedy years with Pierce Brosnan and and just made it relevant and rough and tough and full on. And I love that movie. And then unfortunately, question, um, question of sport, as I always call it, Quantum of Solace followed after that, which was just a mess. Then it was Skyfall. Now, I know a lot of people think Skyfall, which I fucking hated it. I thought it was terrible. Um, the the villain in it, um, Javier Bardem, is like channeling Frankie Howard. It's horrendously um, jarring in places. The tone is all over the place. And um, and at the end, it's towards the end, it becomes, for me, a bit of a, a fucking... the. the um, the Only Fools and Horses episode with the chandeliers in the mansion. It's, yeah, in other words, I didn't like it very much. I thought it was shit. I think it's one of the worst James Bonds. Never mind, one of the best. But there you go. Um, uh, then there was Spectre, and it was, it was you know, Christoph Waltz being Christoph Waltz, like he is in every film. Ooh, cuckoo. Ooh, James, fuck off. Ooh, look, he must be insanely evil. He's not wearing socks. It, yeah, I've just again, it just really didn't do much for me. And then No Time to Die, for me, was a really lovely bookend with which to bring Daniel Craig's period as James Bond to an end. I think the first movie he made as James Bond was great. And I think No Time to Die is great. And unfortunately, I think the, the ones in between were, for me, fucking rubbish. But... No Time to Die really brought it back. Remy Malik is a is a, a suitably um, uh, evil villain. There's some great roles in it. There's some updating, but it's not you know it's not hideous or notable or clunky. Um, and I I just really really enjoyed it. I really did. Um, way more than I thought I was going to. There's some as always some great lines in there. Some fantastic action. Um, and yeah, I, I was really surprised. So maybe I'm raving about it, you know, a little bit more than I would normally. Cause as I always say, it's about, you know, it's it, with anything, music, movies, anything. It's about what, you, you know, a lot of what you're going to get out of it is about, you know, what you bring to it. So for instance, by that, I mean, if you're really, really looking forward to something and it lets you down. It can be, you know, you can be like, oh, I fucking hate that movie. Whereas, you know, if you'd measure your expectations, but not measure your expectations, but if you weren't looking forward to it that much and then something surprises you is really good, you can then be overly praiseworthy of it. So, you know, no time to die for me. I wasn't expecting much, but I really, really enjoyed it, really rated it. And I will, and I will probably watch it again as well. So there you go. Uh, Next up after that was, um, again, I think it's on Amazon, um, Feedback. Now, I, I, I kind of watched this mainly 
because it's got a very strong cast. It's 90 minutes. Um, and I was in the mood for something that was, you know, in, yeah, it was basically um, 90 minutes and going to get stuck in. Um, Eddie Marzan is the is the lead. Um, there is a uh, yeah, there's a, a lot of Cockney accents right at the beginning, which does my head in a little bit. Um, um, and Anthony Head, he of Buffy, Giles, he'll always be Giles to me. He's in it for a little bit as well at the beginning, at the end. Um, and um, it's it's I will describe it. It's it's called a um, a hostage uh, a radio flick. Um, don't say too much more than that, other than a pretty objectionable chip on his shoulder twatty DJ um, ends up um, being under siege in his own studio, and it's uh, how can I say? I wouldn't say uh, I wouldn't say I enjoyed it. I wouldn't say that I didn't enjoy it. Um. I, it wasn't boring, and the whole time I was, I was engaged all the way, th- all the way through it, um, and I wouldn't say it was disappointing, but I also wouldn't say that it was, you know, fantastic or blew me away. Um, I would say, look, if you were like me, if you if you've got spare ninety minutes and you fancy watching something that's just gonna get in, get out. Um, and is all based in one place, so it's very much about um, the the characters and their actions within that small space. Then go for it. There's some twists and turns along the way. Ultimately, um, it finished, and I was just kind of like, right, okay, yeah, all right. So that's what happens, right? Okay, well, you know, I've watched that now. I can take it out of my list. Um, one of them, but um, yeah. Anyway, next up. Last Night in Soho, which um, I watched not long ago, and I really, really enjoyed it. Um, Yeah, just, what can I say? Um, It's brilliantly acted. Um, I I think, basically, I don't want to give too much away about... Well, it's kind of, at one point... You've got Thomasin McKenzie and Anna Taylor-Joy kind of playing the same character, but not, which I realised sounds confusing and is unhelpful, so apologies, but I can't think of a better way of putting it. And and it's just brilliantly done. It's brilliantly done. Um, uh, Matt Smith is, is in it and is unlikable as he's probably ever been. Um, it's... An Edgar Wright movie. So the, for those of you who are aware of Edgar Wright, then you know his work and it's you know, everything from um, Baby Driver to Hot Fuzz to Shaun of the Dead. It's, you know, except this is, you know, this is, he directs it. He co-wrote it. Well, he wrote, he came up with a story and then uh, Christy Wilson Cairns wrote the split screenplay from his story. And I really enjoyed it. Really captures the swinging 60s of Soho. Um, but also modern day London as well, because they're both represented in equal parts. Thomas and Mackenzie is great. Anna Taylor Joy is great. Um, and um, it's it's yeah, I, I really, really. And I think there's also um, I think there's also um, a fleeting appearance by Terence Stamp. Now, I'm just going to check that. 
Oh, of course, yeah. And it was Diana Riggs' last ever role before she died. And she's brilliant in it. And um, I, I just a lovely, a lovely kind of sign off from her and her movie career. She was a wonderful, wonderful um, actor in her day and still is in this movie. And it was the last movie she made. So, it's a, I mean, there's reason enough to watch it. And yes, there is a there is a, um, uh, a cameo. Well, not a cameo, but a very small role for Terence Stamp in it as well. Um, it is two hours long and uh, well, it's just shy of two hours long. Uh, at, well, one hour 56. I recommend this movie. That's all I'm saying. I don't want to give anything away about it. I really don't. It's part, it's part ghost story, part ghost story, it's part ghost story, part horror story, um, part mental illness, definitely, definitely, yeah, well, it is, you know, mental illness is definitely there as, 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 as one of the, um, themes of the subtext and it's just brilliantly directed. It looks great. It's pacey. Um, it's dramatic. It's scary. It's good. So, you know, what more do you want? Um, next up is Infinite. Now, Infinite is um, on Amazon. It is, um, it's made by Amazon. Um, and it is a Mark Wahlberg movie. But that, well, to say it's a Mark Wahlberg movie would be a, a little bit um, harsh because... There, it, it's got a really good cast, and I was. Re- it's it's um, uh, it's directed by Anton Farquhar, who some of you may know and some may not. There's a lot of writers on it, which always worries me a little bit. Um, but it stars Mark Wahlberg, Chutwell Ejiofor, Sophie Cookson. Um, I, I mean, it's it, it's 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 a really good cast. It's a real um, Jason Manzukis, Rupert Friend, Toby Jones is in it. So yeah, there's like it's like oh, people are popping up all over the place here, um, and it's it's time travel meets reincarnation, um, and I mean it starts with some brilliant action, absolutely brilliant action. And the one thing about this movie that kept me interested was the pacing. It 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 starts and it doesn't stop until the end. It really does just pick you up and drag you along with it um some incredible action in it and it's but what can i say it is a bit dumb okay (laughs) i mean i've seen some savage reviews of it which i personally really didn't think you know i really didn't think that it was it, it it deserved um the the kicking that it seemed to get from some people um, because I, but I, but that's because I found it, you know, I was engaged in it and I, I, yeah, I watched it. Mark Wahlberg is a, is an engaging screen presence. He's, he's, his action is superb in it. And there is, there, there's, there's a lot of strands going on here that get, do get pulled together. And if nothing else, the action and the pacing really kept me, uh, kept me going. Even if sometimes there were plainly, obviously things wrong with the plot, um, but even so, I kind of, I kind of enjoyed it, and it was one of those where it, it caught me at the right moment. I had no expectations of it, um, and um, and so I ended up going. Do you know what? I, I kind of enjoyed that. Yeah. Now, also during it, um, as I'm apt to do, um, somebody's in a scene, and you think, oh, who is that? I know them from somewhere. Just get the phone out, have a look at IMDb. Oh, it's them, right? And this happened in this movie, and I was like. 
I know, I'm sh- I know, I know that, I know that actor. How do I know that actor? Where do I know him from? Where do I know him from? And I went down and I found him. And I thought, I recognise the name. So I clicked on the name. And I thought, I don't recognise... The reason I know this name is I know that guy. It's not... I've not recognised the actor. I've recognised... I've recognised... Well, I've recognised the actor, but I've, I've not recognised him from previous movies. I've rec- You know him. Bloody hell. Is that really... And I'm going to leave the name out. Um, is that really him? So I, I was like... Right. Wikipedia. Straight over to Wikipedia, because I recognise the name. A comedian I used to, uh, that I, I used to gig with way back in the day. Like, you know, late 90s. And um, so I um, I went on to... Found his name. Uh, went into Wikipedia. He's got a Wikipedia page. And in the Wikipedia page it said... And for a period, he was a stand-up comedian and ran comedy gigs on the London circuit as well. And I was like, bloody hell, it really is him. Went on to Twitter, <laughs> sent him a message. Um, and the message was just like, hey, dude, you know, long time ago. Don't know if you remember me, but just saying hi. And before the movie movie had finished, I got a message back from him saying, of course I remember you, Howard. How's it going, mate? I was like, Jesus Christ, that's amazing. Because he's in a fairly early scene in the movie. And, 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 and before the movie had finished, I'd, I'd realised it was him, found him. Uh, sorry, realised it was him, found him, found his Wikipedia, found him on Twitter, sent him a message and got a message back. I mean, yeah, insane. I'm uh, just insane. So I'm hoping to have him um, on the podcast uh, next year. Um, but we, you know, we, we need a chance to catch up together first. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, infinite, really enjoyed it, enjoyed it even more because, uh, my old mates in it. So, um, next up paper tiger. Now this is not for everyone. Okay. Um, it is, um, about a, uh, Chinese American family, um, in the very first scene, I'm not giving too much away here, um, uh, father has clearly died, leaving mother and son behind. And the the, the, the sort of catchline in the movie is, she thinks... Oh, shut up, computer. She thinks that um, he might be a school shooter. Now, the movie's mostly in English. Um, it's oh, There's a, a lot of important scenes in Chinese as well, um, which are all subtitled. Um, so it's a real it's a real mixture of the two. Um, it's not necessarily something that you would enjoy, given the topic. I have to say, though, I have to say that the the study of of a young boy in pain struggling with the loss of his father who he clearly um idolized is absolutely brilliant it really is um it was just yeah it's at times harrowing and i know i've said that word before but um yeah it was just really really at times difficult to watch is fair it's just 
Well, I'm not doing a very good job of describing this, am I? Um, truth is, I'm trying to find the the young actor's name to give him uh, um, uh, some credit here. So bear with me a second. Right, Alan Tong. Um, it's playing somebody with um, who is falling apart mentally and being taken over clearly by by mental illness is um, the temptation to overact that must be massive to you know to actually get it spot on and believable and at times frankly heartbreaking to watch um that is a real a real real feat and and alan trong t-r-o-n-g pulls it off incredibly well incredibly well um i mean i watched about the first five minutes and i was like yeah i'm i'm really in here and it's it's yeah it's it's a it, it's it's one of those movies a bit like um dead man's shoes it's not necessarily a movie to be enjoyed you know you by when it finishes you're kind of like okay right i'm uh, gonna get up and go about my day i think i might cheer myself up by watching a war film <laughs> um yeah it it, it it does require a certain amount of um uh, fortitude from the viewer to really um uh to hang in there it's um it's a tough watch but i um like i said i couldn't say that i i enjoyed it and it's not for everybody it really isn't for everybody in fact you've probably already made your mind up whether you'd want to want to see it or not so it's pretty much irrelevant what i say from here on out but you know let me know if you do watch it i'd love to know uh, i'd love to know what other people make of that movie um, so now it's on to TV series. And here we go. The TV series are. Um, first up, I watched season three of You, Y-O-U, You. That's on Netflix. I've been in since season one um, from the very first episode. And every time a new series, season lands, um, I always watch it. It just took me a little bit of a time to get around to season three. And the these are three absolute rock solid seasons if you are looking for a season for, for for something to watch where there's a you know a good chunk of episodes you want to dig into like 30 episodes um and really immerse yourself in something something to binge then you i definitely definitely think is worth a go it really is um each season has you know first season you find out who he is and what the fuck's going on second season it, it, it changes tack third season changes tack again um but it's so well written um it's so well acted and also there's an inner monologue there is a voiceover of the main character that goes on and at times it is just hilarious uh, in a sort of dexter kind of way and that's the only thing i can sort of compare it to but really enjoying it and by the way really enjoying the reboot i hadn't planned on doing this but really enjoying the reboot of uh dexter as well three episodes in really enjoying it and i'll throw this out there as well if you haven't seen any of succession on sky that's another cracker brian cox is fucking brilliant in it in fact everybody is brilliant in it at times it is just hilarious and it's it's not meant to be it's not a comedy but it is just absolutely brilliant um Next up, a miniseries on the BBC called Show Trial. 
Um, and I, I've really fallen out of love with the BBC recently. Um, I'm all for inclusivity, but you know, in every in every scene, um, it, it, it just yeah, it just sometimes it just draws me out of the drama, um, and it, it just smacks me out of what I'm watching to go. Hang on, what the fuck's going on here? Do you know what show trial? Really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. Um, and and. Huge, huge props to uh, Celine Buckens, who plays the the lead character, um, uh, Cleo Roberts, I believe, and she is really unlikable, yet likable, and that is so hard to do, so hard to get right. Again, funnily enough, like I was saying about mental illness being something so hard to get right, I really enjoyed it really enjoyed it um there's some twists and turns along the way but the entire time you're watching it you uh you know i felt i i found it quite captivating um brilliantly acted really well written um and did she do it we'll have to find out won't you um and funnily enough on that on the along those lines um, I watched the season, uh, the first season of Clickbait on Netflix. Seen it there and I was like, mm, can I be bothered? Uh, yeah, remember, remember. Right, eight episodes. Now, within the fir- I watched the first episode, which was, I think, about 42, 44 minutes long. And it got to a point where I was like, so much has happened already in this episode. Surely, hang on, this can't be one episode. I must have, like, it must have just, it must have just run over into, like, episode two. So I paused it. No, it was on 35 minutes. Like fucking hell, this is this is insane. So right out the gate from episode one, I was like, okay, I'm in. Now at times there's some slightly ropey acting. At times there's some, yeah, you know, it's 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 you know, there's little bits near and there, a bit a bit clunky or whatever. But you know what? It's one of those where you get to the end of the episode and you look at your watch and think, ah, fuck it, I'll watch another one. <laughs> so if you're up for that, and if that's the kind of thing that you want to watch, something that's just gonna you know, really draw you in um, all the way through. And I'll guarantee, I'll guarantee you won't guess who did it, but maybe you will. Um, so, yeah, actually, I need to give you the premise there. Um, basically, there is a um, uh, a father of, you know, a family, two kids, wife, and um, he goes off to work and then... They report him missing, and all of a sudden he turns up on a video website. They can't call it YouTube, but let's call it YouTube. He turns up on YouTube with a sign around his neck saying, um, like, I, I abuse women. Um, uh, if this gets to five, when this gets to five million likes, I die. So right out the gate, it's like, fuck. So his family are immediately, obviously, trying to track him down, going to the police, showing him the video, and the police are like, well, it might be a hoax. And they're like, for fuck's sake. And, of course, every time they show the video to somebody, or every time someone looks at the video, it's it's another fucking view, getting it closer to five million. It's just, it's really, that was a really, really clever device um, that I haven't seen used before. And, um, yeah, that's, hence, you get drawn in. At least I did, anyway. Um, and something else I've been drawn into, I love Narcos on Netflix. I love Narcos Mexico on Netflix. And there has been season three of Narcos on Mexico, uh, Narcos Mexico, uh, on 
Netflix. And guess what? Yeah, really enjoyed it. Absolutely great. Just, you know, come on, Narcos. If you don't know about it now, then whatevs. Um, and then finally, a documentary series that I've never had any interest whatsoever in watching. And then I'm, I heard a podcast and, um, and it's basically, it's called Drive to Survive. It's the behind the scenes F1 documentary, um, on Netflix. Haven't, it's up to three seasons. Never had any interest in it. And then I was listening to Christian Horner of the Red Bull team. He's the, um, the director of the Red Bull team being, um, interviewed. And I thought, you know what? I might give this a go. Now, the first season is Red Bull and all the smaller teams. And then, because, you know, all, all the bigger teams are like, oh, no, no, you're all right, thanks. No, no, off you go. Away with you. And then, of course, they saw how popular season one was. And all of a sudden, season two starts with, like, you know, technical director of Ferrari being interviewed. It's like, oh, right, oh, come to the party, have we? Um, that doesn't mean that season one that it, that it isn't worth watching. All three seasons... Um, I've just found it so engrossing. I mean, I love, if there's one thing I love, it is behind the scenes, fly in the wall, sports documentaries. Argue amongst yourselves as to whether you think F1 is sport or just glorified traffic. Um, but I am just, yeah, just constantly next episode, next episode, next episode, next episode. I watched all three seasons God, in three or four days. Seriously, but I mean, I've had the time on my hands, guys. I've had a lot of time on my hands. Well, on one hand, my other hand is in a cast. Long story. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's it just really enjoyed it. Really, if if you if you're into your sports docs, watch it. You do not have to be into F1. You do not have to be into F1. It is about the stories behind the scenes, okay, and how and how some of that bleeds over into the racing as well. But it's it really really is worth a watch. And if you are a fan of F1, you're probably already watching this. But if you are a fan of F1 and you're not watching it, for fuck's sake, yeah, seriously, whatever reason that you made you decide to not watch, then you need to watch. I've always had a kind of like, you know, a passing interest in F1. And who can't with Lewis Hamilton being, you know, one of the greatest racing drivers who've ever lived. Um, and um, yeah, it's, yeah wow really 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 surprised by it so there you go wow that is all the reviews done i've got through everything and um yeah coming up for uh, 50 minutes so look there you go that is the latest viewers guide i will be back in the new year with more guests so um from all of, from all of us here at movie bollocks that's just me from all of us here at movie bollocks um uh, may the end of your year be fantastic and may your uh, may 2022 be even more wonderful because that is the next time I'll be speaking to you when it comes to movie bollocks. But obviously all of the other bollocks, those talking bollocks and that all, that their old bollocks will continue to be coming your way. Speak to you soon. <laughs>